So uh, we, we had a, on Friday we had a We Are Durban conference. 60 NGOs were represented and our We Are Durban team upskilled them. Wasn't that really, really cool? But um, uh, I, I was thinking about 12 or 13 years ago, I went to Indonesia on a mission trip. Uh, it didn't start off as a mission trip. I landed up with a missionary team um, just whilst I was surfing. I met them and then, and then I landed up doing a, a Bible drop in one of the islands called Sumbawa. And, uh, and what happened is we, we got into a boat, we were, doing, we were surfing, surfing, and then at night we would get into this little boat on, alongside and we'd shoot onto the island and then we'd just run, throwing Bibles. Uh, so we, we just threw Bibles. And, uh, and then two years ago, or year, 18 months ago, they started burning down the churches. But uh, the churches are starting to be established. And I'm telling you all of this because on Friday... A friend of mine bought me a ticket to go to Zimbabwe for, for 10 days. And if you're feeling experiences of, of jealousy, <laughs> I just want you to know that I'll, I'll tell you what I told my wife, because my wife, this is what she said to me. She said, babe, whilst you're on a tropical island um, surfing for 10 days and I'm looking after the kids, can you just make sure that you've done your will? Uh, that's, that's where she's at on this. And, and so I'll tell you what, what I told her. I said, babe, I'm so sorry. Favor is just not fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway. Okay. But there is a reason I'm telling you this because I'm away for 10 days. But uh, Gary is preaching the last two statements of our, our vision statement. He's going to preach into loving people and enjoying God. And he's shared some of what he's going he's gonna to tell you. And you want to invite friends. Next two weeks is going to be an absolute cracker. But if, you, if you're new here or you, you've missed a few weeks or months or years of church, uh, we're in this series where we're talking about our vision statement. We, we're talking about enjoying God, loving people, releasing potential, and impacting community. And last week I spoke about releasing potential, and, and I shared a story about how I was in Peru, and I, I spoke to a guy who was in Interpol, and, and he spoke about the sex trade, and, and how after that I, I walked away from that, and I said, God, what do you want to do with my life? And, and I felt like God speak to me, and he said to me, if you will build my church, I will raise up people to fight these fights. And, and so, so much of this church's heartbeat came out of that. And, and last week I was speaking about how releasing potential for us means making disciples who not just follow Jesus to church or not just follow Jesus to serving or not just follow Jesus to life group, but follow Jesus into their calling so that you can fight those fights. And so I finished last week, and, and the staff, when they do reviews of Sunday, we like look at everything, and, and, and it gets to the preach, and if I've been preaching, they go, nice, Ross, and then they change the subject. But this week, they, they said to me, Ross, you need to do a part two. You need to keep preaching into that. So I'm preaching on impacting community today, which is a second part of our value. And I want to start it by this. When, when I got saved, when I got born again, so, so I just want to clarify this, because most people, you were like me, you, you went to church five times a year or three times a year, Christmas, Easter, and one other, and, and you, you were forced to church, or you, you went to church, and you, if people had asked you, what religion are you, you would have said, I'm a Christian. But then when you get born again, then you know you're a Christian. That's a different experience, because now you've experienced God. And if you're nodding, whether it's in your heart or your head, you know you've been born again. And if you, if you don't know that you've been born again, well, you need to know. 
and potentially you want to come tomorrow night for the get filled so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can know that you know that you've been born again. Anyway, I got born again and, um, and I've told that story a lot of times. But when I got born again, I started crying and I wept six months. And I'll tell you this because lots of ladies say to me, I come to church, but I just start crying and then there's mascara everywhere and I don't want to come back to church because it's just mascara everywhere. And, and here's what I want you to know. God is doing a healing work in you. I pray that it doesn't take six months like it took me. Six months. Some of you, it'll take 10 years. But anyway, it's six months of him, him doing a work in me. And during that period, I was so proud of Jesus but I would walk past that church building and go, what is it? Like, what are you? What, what do you do? Is that like an emotional healing center? Like, what happens there? It's kind of like what happens when you guys talk to me about what I do all day. It's like, what is it? Like, do you actually do anything? And that was my thought. And that's a problem. I'll tell you why. Because when you get born again, you are so proud of Jesus and so clueless about what the church is there for. And it's the expression of Christ through people is the church. And you're like looking and you're going, like, well, I don't know. So I want to speak about what the church is there for. And I'm going to use a, a, a beautiful scripture that for me is the picture. I'm going to paint a picture of the church. And then I'm going to talk to you about how you get there. Now just to, to set you up for this. I, um, this week I was up in Kloof and we're looking at two properties, because the church building we're in is too small. Um, it's in the country club. So, so we're looking at two different properties. One is on a farm, and we're thinking, of like, we're thinking about like putting a warehouse and a restaurant and some other things and drawing people onto the farm out in Hillcrest, which is the Bundus anyway. But anyway, so, so out there. And the other is an old main road. And so they're talking, talking, what's going to be the best? Ross, what do you think? And I said, well, which one is going to reach more people and have more chance of transforming the city. End of discussion. This is what this church exists for. Now, I'm, I'm going to try and take this from Scripture. Isaiah 61, it says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. It means actually to the needy. This is a scripture that Jesus read, but it's a scripture we should read over ourselves. And it goes on. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. My cousin is about 35 or something, and he has arthritis. But it, it has ransacked his body. It's a problem for me because he used to surf and kite surf with me, but now he's too sore. So I've been praying for him lots. But anyway, he, he decided he was going to go to a supernatural course. Goes the first week, goes the second week. The second week, they pray for him. They, he said, Ross, as they were praying for me, I felt something leave my body, left my body. And he said, I woke up the next morning, and it's almost impossible to get out of bed. I got out of bed. I was like, I'm fine. I can go surfing. He just said, everything changed. This is the church. This is what the church is for. It goes on, He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. So on, on Thursday, I went to an event. And uh, it, was, it was at Canaan College, which is a, a private school in Mlazi. 
So I decided to take just you. I fortunately had a long sleeve shirt and I, I was looking fairly respectable. Uh, when I got there, there were 20 mentors, top black business guys in the country. They were all there as mentors, and I took Justy. He had a T-shirt down to here, and like, <laughs> he, he looked smooth. And uh, anyway, so I, I, I went in there, and, um, and they started to speak about their vision. And they said, for so many years, black children have come through bad schooling setups, and they've been set up to, at best, become an employee, and mostly not get a job. And, it's, and they said, and the, the education system is broken. It, it's the stuff that they're training for, it, you don't use. The world is changing so fast. And, and so we as a school, this is what they're saying, we as a school have focused our kids into app development, robotics, coding, and, and we're focusing them into becoming entrepreneurs. And, and so when they get to school, they know that they have to start a business because in order for them to graduate, they have to run a business for three years to graduate. So from the moment they get there, we teach them how to look for opportunity and to see things. And we teach them that they are the employers, not the employees, to come. They, they're going to be employers. They're not allowed to leave the country. They're here to build the country. And so they need to think like that. And so they're telling us this vision. They're talking to us about what the church is supposed to talk about, about the injustice that God's saying, anger against injustice, time of the Lord's favor. This is what they're speaking into. And then they say, and so you mentors... Justin, nice seeing you. You mentors, you are here to mentor our kids. So that when they're running those three years businesses, they're going to come up and their businesses are going to fly. This is church. This is what the church is for. You know what's so beautiful about that? So two white guys, the headmaster that's stolen from some Stidians or something, the deputy head that's stolen from... Great College in Bloemfontein or something. There. So there were, there were us two and three other whiteies who'd come from all over the country to make a school There was a picture of the kingdom. This is church. The scripture goes on and says, To all who mourn in Zion, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. I want to show you a picture. This is, you may have seen this. That's Canaan College, by the way. That's in Umlazi. This is, where's Vanierden? He goes to our cliff site. Some of you may have seen this. This is in Florida Road. That's the mural he painted. When you speak to him about why he did that, because he started coming to church and he said God began to speak to him and he started to realize my creativity has to be for a purpose and I want to turn ashes into beauty. Let me show you a couple of other pictures. That's, you know where that is. You all seen that? Ashes into beauty. Here's the next photo. That's Station Drive. Ashes into beauty. See, this is church. They will, uh, he goes on, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Uh, last Sunday night, a little girl came up to me and she said, Russ, do you remember me? And I went, sometimes when you ask me that, I pretend I remember you. Uh, 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 but I didn't. I said, I said I'm sorry, I, I don't know who you are. And she said to me, you baptized my sister. And um, she reminded me, I know her dad. And she, she said, Russ, I have been in depression for seven years. I've been suicidal. It's clinical. I've been going through nightmares. And then I came 
to the wholehearted ladies' conference. And on that day, God did something to my body, and I stopped taking my meds. And it's been seven days, and I'm free. This is church. They will, in their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. You know what the church is supposed to be like? It's supposed to be like Tim. You ever been to an oak tree? You see an oak tree, you just want to lean against it. If it's not sweating, you want to lean against it. Just like, give me a hug. The church is supposed to be a community of people who are so rooted into Christ that they are a safe place for other people to come and lean into who are Christians and non-Christians. This is church. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. They will rebuild, they will repair, they will revive. This is our church. This is what we exist for, to impact community. The question is, how? So I'm going to read a how story out of Acts 13. We're just going to bounce all over the Bible today. I'm not going to be funny at all, and God is going to work in you. It says, among the prophets and teachers of this church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, and then there are a lot of names. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Here's why I love love this church. I love this Antioch church. I want this church to be like that church. Except I want us to lay hands on business people and creative people and educators and health professionals. I want us to lay hands on people and release them by the Holy Spirit to go out into their spaces. Because some of you work for corporates that were bigger than the cities that Paul was going to. To go be the church. That's what's happening here. And then it says... Afterwards, they traveled from town to town. So they've been anointed with the Holy Spirit. They go from town to town across the entire island until finally they reach Paphos, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Bar means son of Jesus, God saves. He had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. A few things. Bar Jesus was a sorcerer and a false prophet. And Luke wants us to know, so he tells us again, and his name in Greek means sorcerer. Apart from that, he was a really nice guy. But but, uh, Luke's trying to get the the message across. This oak's a mare, and he's stopping the gospel. Satan's got him. And you know what it says? It says he attached himself to the governor. You know the reason we pray for our politicians? Because Satan wants to attach someone or something to them so that they will not hear the message that they need to tell and live out. That's why we pray for people, because they're the attachment. And then it goes on and says, 
So Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit and he looked the sorcerer in the eye. Then he said, you son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good. I just, uh, one day, Holy Spirit, just help me do that. You son of the devil, full of deceit and fraud. And it's just, oh, this is beautiful. It shouldn't be in the Bible, but it's beautiful. Will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. Okay, if you're like a Bible-studying person, I want to throw this in there. It's, it's off-topic, but, but Bar-Jesus is a Jew. Sergius, the governor, is a Gentile. And what happens is Paul says to him, you're going to be blinded for a time to the Jew so that the Gentile can hear the message and believe. Romans 11, it says that God has blinded the eyes of the Jews so that the gospel can go around the world and the Gentiles can come in. Because if the Jews had received the gospel what would have happened is Jesus would have had to come back because he'd prophesied of himself that when they say, welcome the one who comes in the name of the Lord, meaning Jesus, that Jesus would have to return. So God blinds the eyes of the Jews so that the gospel can get round. This is what's going on here. And you need to understand that because every miracle you read in scripture generally has a prophetic meaning. So there's always a layer underneath when you read your Bible. But back to the story. Do you remember how Paul met Jesus? Do you remember? He's off on the road to Damascus, and he's going to Damascus because he's going to wipe people out. He's got the letters, he's got the charge, he's got the authority, he's off to wipe people out. And God comes to him and blinds him. And for a moment, he, he can't see. And he says, who are you, Lord? And he says, Jesus, whom you persecuting? And then he says, what do you want me to do? And Jesus says to him, go to Damascus and wait. I'm going to send someone to you. And then what happens is God speaks to him about Ananias coming to see him. And, and God gives Ananias a vision of going to Paul and praying for him. And Ananias goes, naught, bro. That oh, kills people. You're not sending me there. And, and God goes, you're going. And off he goes. And, and so he gets there. He prays for Saul. And, and scales fall off his eyes. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he begins witnessing. Could it be that Paul looks at Elimus, bar Jesus, and goes, I used to be you, and I pray, God, you will do it again. You will blind his eyes the way you blinded my eyes so that there's a chance that he might actually see. Now, here's the big idea. This is the first miracle on the first mission trip before he goes to every other town and city. And this is, this is the big idea. You've got, to, you've got to get this. God needs Paul to take what God has done in him and then allow God to do it through him to someone else. 
You see, the reason that God has done stuff to you, healed you, forgiven you, given you grace, provided for you, the reason that he has extended grace to you is so that he can minister through you. There was never a time he just did it for you. Everything he's done by grace in your life is for you to minister out of, not hold on to. And some people are sitting going, God, give that to me again, Lord. Please, can I have that again? Lord, please, will you provide for me? And God's going, will you stop asking me to do to you and will you allow me to use, use you and work through you? Until Paul could shift from please, can I, to Lord, will you, he couldn't move in power into his ministry. And here's why this is so important. Because some of you, and I've been there, so I understand, but some of you go, I don't really have a testimony. And my story isn't like that person's story. And I, I haven't really had anything incredible happen to me. And I'm not really important to God. And I'm, I'm not, and, I'm, and here's the thing about doing that. What you're doing is you're not stewarding the grace of God in your life. And the result is, if you're faithful with nothing, you can't be given anything. The prince, God will never shortcut this principle. The principle is this. You need to be faithful with little. Even if the only thing you got was, I'm sure I'm saved. You're faithful with that and you tell people about that. And what he does is he adds to it. And then you tell people about that, and then he adds to it. What you're doing is you're taking what he's done in you, and you're expressing it so he can work through you, and you're beginning to gain faithfulness, and so he keeps promoting. Some of you are unpromotable in the kingdom. And God's wanting to shift that. Sorry if that stung It says this incredible verse. I, I read this the first time I went, and oh no, I need to read this again. It says, when the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer. Here's, here's the big line. For he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. I read that and went, oh no, that made a mistake. He should have been astonished about what happened to his sorcerer. Like, why, is he, why is he not astonished by what Paul just did? There was a spiritual battle. Paul won. He should have been astonished about that. But it doesn't say that. It says he was astonished about the teaching of the Lord. Now, here's what's going on. When we see things like this, a person made blind, a healing happening, you know what we call that? We call that a sign. You know the purpose of a sign is to point us somewhere. What's going on in the sign is that Paul is going, now let me tell you what the sign is pointing to. It's pointing to Jesus, and he starts to tell him the message of the gospel. Where I'm going with this is that your life is meant to be a sign. And your life is supposed to be about telling people about the gospel. Paul uses this moment. The purpose, show me that picture of Canaan College again. The purpose of Canaan College is to be a sign 
about a message. The purpose of Wes Vernierden's art is to be a, a sign for a message. See, let me, let me explain how this works. The reason he does that is that somewhere, someone will come up to him, somewhere down the line, someone's going to come up to him and say, Wes, that is beautiful. Why do you do that? And he's going to go, let me tell you about Jesus. He's going to tell you a message. The purpose of Ken College is, that, is not that Nklantla would, would be able to stand there and you'd go, look at me. Look at what I have built. I am amazing. It's, that's not the point. The point is that he would be able to tell people a message. And here's, here's why this message thing is so important. Because I feel like people have made the message about Jesus like into something impotent in their own minds. The message of Jesus is what makes people do that stuff. See, this is how Nklantla's story goes. He's been poorly educated, he's poor, and he's about to get fired. So he tells me this story. And he says, but I have God in my life. My mom's taught me about God, I know about God, I love Jesus, and so I'm not scared. Because Jesus has gone to a cross, he's, he's been tortured for my sin, and so I'm righteous. And because I'm righteous, I have access to a good father who has a good plan and a future and a hope for me. And because Jesus, he went from the cross to the grave, and then three days later, he was resurrected. This is the message that's in Kantha's heart. Three days later, he was resurrected, which means that when I die... I too will be resurrected because Jesus was the first of many brethren and as Jesus is, so am I in this world. And so when Jesus was raised up, it was a picture of what's going to happen to me so my future and my eternal security is secure. And he knows that Jesus, when he was raised and went to heaven, he said to them, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Clanta goes, and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and it is so good, his love is poured out into my heart. So I don't need to worry I just have to ask God, what's the sign you want me to build? See, what I have realized about most people is that you've forgotten that your life is a sign, that your career is a sign, that your creativity is a sign, your Instagram is a sign, your Facebook is a sign, your voice is a sign, your song is a sign, your, everything you do is a sign and it has a purpose. The purpose of the sign is to point people to the message about Jesus. And if you'll keep building your life and your career and your this thing as a sign so that people ask you, how come you're so nice at work? How did you come up with such a great product? How is it that you're so consistent? How is it that you're so incredible in that space? It's supposed to be a big sign going, look at Jesus. It's your why. And if you lose your why, then you make a huge big sign of a career and you point the arrow straight down at you and you go, look at me. And now I've got a nice house. Or you make your sign about security or significance or something utterly useless. What I felt when I was praying this morning is I felt remind my people about the power of my message because it is the motivation 
It's the power of God unto salvation. And your whole life is supposed to be a sign so that you can tell the message because that's how you impact community. I want to wrap this up in some worship. I'm going to ask Justy to come up. But here's what I'm praying happens. I'm praying that God knits this all together in your heart and mind. And that you look at your life. And you look at what you're doing with your career. And you look at what you're doing with your headspace. And you look at what you're doing with how you speak to people. And you look at your social media. And you start to look at stuff and you go, that stuff's all supposed to be a sign. God, help me make that sign beautiful. So that I can tell them the message about you so that when they look at me they'll be astonished by the message of Jesus and so I'm going to ask you to stand just he's going to lead us in a song and I pray Lord God that you reveal in every single heart what their life is about, what it's really for. And then I pray, God, that you, you remind them of what you've really put inside of them, what you've done to them so that you can work through them, so that the message of Christ can be declared. As you sing this song, let God begin to speak to you about your son and the message, and may he shift you.